0: Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Carmen and Yurko on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good Carmen Brands radio station.
1: Jeff Mellor, the Designer, in for Carmen Yurk today. Carmen's in with Waddle, so we'll talk with him during Crosstalk at 2 o'clock. One more from Lewis Riddick from Waddle and Sylvie yesterday before we take some more calls, Pat. But I did want to play this because I think this was spot on when you asked the question, why might Ryan Poles choose to move on from Justin Fields? This was from Lewis Riddick yesterday.
2: I had a coach tell me this once, and, and I believe it wholehearted. Flashes get people fired. You know why? Because what happens is. It flashes just enough for you to continue to hang on and hang on and hang on and hang on. And then next thing you know, okay, as a coach, you're getting your rear end fired because you kept believing in the upside. You kept believing in the potential, and you couldn't see when to draw the line.
1: Flashes get coaches fired. That was from Lewis Riddick yesterday. And, of course, Justin Fields provides... More flash than most quarterbacks in the entire league yep. with what he's capable of. The flash plays are what keep us coming back, and I think it's what the entire city of Chicago has fallen
3: in love with and why people are rooting hard for him. I, you don't, I take everything Lewis Riddick says with a little grain of salt because uh, he was so in on is. Matt Nagy. There it he is. Was so, he was so diehard in on Nagy. What no, I, listen, Lewis Riddick about, is— Well, hey, he, what about Maserati Mitch? Yeah, look, he was all in. Yeah, I mean, No, listen, uh, Lewis Riddick is—he's uh, I, I, not wrong. Right? The flashes do get people fired. And I I don't think that that's where the standpoint that I'm at is, right? For me, I think right now you keep Justin Fields because he's good enough. I don't think that you keep Justin Fields because you're convinced about him. And right now, why, well, why would you keep him just because he's good enough? Why wouldn't you go out and get something that could be better? Because you know what? I need something that could be better at center. I need something that yeah, could be that better be nice. at left tackle. I need something that could be better as a three technique. I need something that could be better at too many positions that are of pure importance for this team. And yes... The quarterback play is very, very important. But the reason that you see these teams like the Eagles, like the 49ers, I mean, like that can go out there and compete year in and year out is because of what? Everywhere we look, there's some kind of all pro at that Yeah, on that unit. Right. That's what this Bears team needs for the long run. You just need all pros everywhere. And then, of course, the quarterback just one leads you one.
1: You'll sell for one. Uh, It's fair. And it's funny because last Friday I was in for Carmen Yerk and I was talking about how the 49ers, my big takeaway when the 49ers were on Thanksgiving playing the Seahawks at the end of the game, they uh, they were handing out turkey legs. On NBC, Tarico and uh, Michelle Stark were, you know, interviewing all the 49ers. And I listed off, I believe it was uh, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, um, George Kittle, Brock Purdy, um, Debo Samuel, I think, was there. Uh, No, no. Debo was there. Brandon Ayuk was not. Uh, Nick Bosa was there. Basically, they had eight 49ers surrounding a turkey. And they were all Which perendi- is terrifying. Per- perennial pro bowlers or all pro players. Yeah. And they still didn't have guys like Trent Williams, yep. you know, there. They didn't have Dre Greenlaw. Oh, Fred Warner was around the yeah, turkey. Yeah, yeah. They had an endless supply of all pro players around the turkey. And it, that's where it was like, that's where you need to be, need to get to truly compete in the NFC. And yeah. so I get your point there. My one pushback, though, is where I go back to. This great move Ryan Poles has made to put himself in this position where they're in a good spot. Yeah. Can you risk passing on on one of these new quarterbacks, resetting the contract, the rookie QB contract, and moving forward with one of those guys? Can you risk it as a general manager when you've already passed on CJ Stroud? Are are rookie QBs going to stop coming out? Are you. Well, if you're Ryan Poles are you convinced you're going to have the job in another year or two and have a shot think, at one of these rookie quarterbacks? I,
3: I, I would say that that's the question. That's probably the biggest difference in Chicago that people are talking about, right? Because a, a lot of this is from if Ryan Poles doesn't do this, they're going to fire him. I don't believe that. I, I actually believe that if Ryan Poles continues to put a team on the field that is competent. Now, where I think Ooh. the seat gets hot, where the seat gets hot, if you don't find the right guy to lead the way... Now I'm looking at you and I'm saying, okay, there's no way so, that you, so you think that, that that's the guy that's going to. I, I don't care who the quarterback is, right? Listen, yeah, Caleb Williams, well. Drake May, Bo Nitch, Jaden Daniels, Justin Fields. If any of them step foot on this field next year and Luke Getzey's calling the plays, the inconsistencies of the OC will then become the inconsistencies of the quarterback and the inconsistencies of the offense. Maybe, but maybe Luke Getzey will feel comfortable enough to open up a full playbook
1: that he doesn't necessarily trust Justin Fields with. I'm not saying I agree with Luke Getzey's the answer, because I certainly have not been impressed with what I've seen. But this is where what they were talking about. Again, trust versus trust in each other fields. You, you, you and trust gets, Caleb Williams to do that? I don't any different, know. Yeah, I mean, but like, I'm saying this is, this is the conundrum that Ryan Poles has is I don't know if you trust him, yeah. but you've already let CJ Stroud go by and whether you like it or not, that's something that he's going to have to answer for moving forward is yeah. you passed on CJ Stroud. So can you actually take the risk as a general manager of a football team entering what will be your third season? And if you have the number one overall pick, Pat, I don't care Yes, I I believe he wants to build the best football team possible, but it has to be entering into his mind. I cannot pass another great quarterback here.
3: That can't go on your resume. I think your biggest difference, too, though, is when you are looking at, right, like C.J. Stroud is the quarterback that, what is it, Bobby Slowick wanted? Right, like that's his guy. I want to work with this guy. I want to have him in the building. Luke Getzey got gifted Justin Fields. This is the equation that we keep doing as Chicago Bears, as as the Chicago Bears. We keep giving the next guy the previous guy's quarterback and saying, make this work. If there is something that needs to change here, whoever the next guy is, OC, head coach, whatever it is, he has to want whatever the quarterback who's coming in is. Completely agree on that.
1: 312-332-3776. Let's try Justin, who's in St. Louis. Justin, you're on ESPN 1000.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on.
4: Uh, Pat, you just kind of touched on this. Um, my feeling, you know, everybody around the NFL, talking heads, former GMs, all of them seem to be 50-50 on Justin Fields right yeah. now. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but drafting a quarterback out of college, it's 50-50 at best, right? You don't know if they're going to work out or if they're going to be a bust. Wouldn't those? Wouldn't all of our draft capital picks, et cetera, be better used, like you said, you know, shoring up these other positions we need, build the team around him. Then, I mean, then you see what you got. You know, if you're 50-50, stick with him. See how it pans out over the next year. Or are they just strictly concerned about having to pick up his option and spend that money? Um, you know, because
3: to I, me, it's like that's stick with Justin years Fields. And, well, it's next year, yeah. basically. After the draft yeah, yeah, is yeah. when
1: they have to make the right. decision on picking up his 50-year option. I don't – Justin, I don't think – and thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. I don't know – so much if it's co- concern about the money paying Justin, because I think if you picked up, if I you
3: want to pay whoever's good, yeah, there, if, yeah. if
1: you're convinced he's the guy, you pay, him. you're absolutely happy to pay him. If you get to that point, the problem is when you get to a spot where you're yeah. yeah again, and this is I don't know how much of it is on Getsy or how much of it is a an organizational held belief throughout. Right. Is. We don't trust Justin enough to open up the playbook for him, and that's why we're in these situations, you know. And you can get mad and say, then that we you should trust him, but clearly they do not, and that's what that's what, that was my takeaway from Monday's game
3: plan. From Monday's game plan, I I actually think that's just what he runs when there's a ton of blitz because we saw that pretty much versus the Vikings the first time as well, right? The one thing that I'll say to counter that point, and it's I look at the Lions game. You took the ball out of Justin Fields' hand in the fourth quarter. He threw one pass the entire fourth quarter. He had thrown six passes efficiently every quarter up to that point, six to seven passes. Why was it in the fourth quarter? You said, "Yeah, we're done." Yeah, I mean, like that. Listen, th- those dude, are the moments where I do look at the yeah. coaching, right? Like wow. those are the moment, and, and that's why I say, did he run what Getse's calling well? If we can say that Justin Fields can run the At offense times, that's putting, being put out there. There's still turnovers in play, though. Do you know what I'm the saying? Fumbles, like, the fumbles, to me, are the worst. And, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the, the worst. That, that, that
1: is a conversation I'm willing that, to have. That over. goes into the mix. It's like, you know, when you give him an opportunity to make a play, uh, you know, everything, I think Lewis said this, too, everything is off schedule with yeah. Justin oftentimes because this is where the God-given ability, his athletic, uh, his athletic traits make him so good and he's grown up playing a certain brand of football where he's always been the best athlete on the field. Yeah. And so he can hold on to the ball or he has been able to throughout his entire life. And even in the NFL, there are still times when he makes fabulous plays because of that. The problem is the negative plays in the NFL outweigh some of the great plays that you're capable of if you hold on to the ball for six, seven, eight seconds. Let's try Ray, who's in Evanston. He's on the Carmen and Yerko show. Meller and Pat in.
2: Hey, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. How you doing? Um, Hey, so I'm torn just like everybody else, right? I feel like I don't want Justin to fail. I hope he succeeds. But for me, three years in as a starter, there's just still too many questions. But I want to ask you both something that not many people have really talked about. You touched on it just a second ago. It's about his money. So what if you have the opportunity, you're going to stick with Justin, build around the team, but realistically, when it comes to negotiating, you tell them, "Hey, we can't give you 30, 40 million a year. We could give you 20, guaranteed yeah. your record is this. However, maybe they put a lot of incentives in it, so that 20 million a year could be 35 million a year. And you let them know, hey, we're here to win. So if we go 0 and four, understand we're going to make quarterback moves as need be. But you're not on the hook for like 30, 40 million if you keep them. I will hang up to hear what you guys think about
1: that. There's a possibility. They, thanks. Th- thanks, Ray. The, the, the problem is, I don't think it's realistic in the NFL. There's not really a middle class of NFL quarterback contracts.
3: Once yeah, Jones, that's lower class, but it's, it's but a that, lot of money. That's but still it's still a
1: significant amount of money. He's yeah. still making forty million per year. Now you can get out of that yeah. if you're the Giants, maybe in a year from now. And you know, so if you're talking yeah, about like a, a, a shorter term deal, fine, but. If I'm Justin Fields' reps, I don't know how appealing that is. I don't want to take, you know, the minimum. You want close to the franchise tag, right? Because right. that's kind of your leverage as a team—is you have that franchise tag to keep them there. But that number is going—is forty plus million dollars a
3: year. I. Yeah. I mean, listen, if I'm Justin's reps, I want as much as I can get, right? Like I, yeah, I don't think I'm, you're I'm not I maybe you maybe you say I'm not willing to take five for a hundred. You're not taking five for hundred and twenty-five. Right. Yeah, I mean maybe you maybe you but in that situation, right? Why do we think that Ryan Poles operates any differently? Ryan Poles has played hardball with yeah. almost every single yes. free agent that's been here. Or I'm sorry, every single uh player that, that's become an available Rofan, free agent. Jaylen. Why why do we assume that anything would be different with Justin Fields, especially when Justin Fields is not his Guy, I'm not saying I don't see a scenario where Ryan Poles moves on from Justin Fields. I think what I'm saying is that I see a scenario where maybe maybe to that situation where Justin Fields is good enough and Ryan Poles is okay sticking around to build the other things. And I've seen him do that with this offensive line, right? Cody White here was good enough. I'm more so on the side of if Justin wants to play hardball, all right, go test the market, see what you can get. I'll see you when you come back because... Well you, so you're you're on, you're saying transition tag almost. Yeah, transition tag almost in that situation, you know what I mean? That's a couple years away right, and that's, that's where that's, you, that's time that's where away. that's where again I get
1: back to the the best move Ryan Poles made making the trade with the Carolina Panthers yeah. is actually adding additional pressure to him because he holds what could be the next great quarterback in this league and he needs to determine if, it, if he can well, you gotta pass. You got to know if that's the guy. That's, that's, you know that's his job. He's yeah. passed the designer. I'm Jeff Meller. 312 332 3776 Taking your calls on Carmen and Yerko.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ES- ES- ESPN. ESPN Chicago.
1: Jeff Meller, Pat, the designer, are back for the Carmen and Yurko show. Carm, coming your way with Waddle. Two to six, we'll crosstalk with them at two o'clock. Yurk enjoying some vacation time during the Bears bye week in Florida. I'm sure he will take every single advantage of that. 312-332-3776 taking your calls on what else? Justin Fields seems to be the topic of the year that is uh, not going away anytime soon. We are going to be talking about that until April, I promise. I can't see any other way. We're going to be having the same debate over the next six weeks yes. on the
3: Post-Post Game
1: Show. Yes, yes, we are. Yeah. We are absolutely going to. Because but- he's probably
3: going to go ballistic versus the last four teams, right? Listen, and then we're going to be like,
1: does it mean anything? Yes, no, you're so right. And I hope we do because it is so much more fun watching Justin Fields play yeah. and, and seeing what he is capable of and um, to reference what, Lewis Riddick said, the flash plays that he provides make a football Sunday watching the Bears much more enjoyable. But I fear that Ryan Poles has provided more pressure on himself because of the excellent trade he made. The number one overall pick being in play is going to put him at that inflection point. Do you go forward with Justin Fields or do you say, no, you haven't proven it enough and I'm going to have to, Role with either Caleb Williams, Drake May, or maybe Jaden Daniels. I don't know.
3: Let me, let me ask you how this, right? Because uh, and I'm not, right, an in-depth college head. I'm kind of like, I'll watch the bigger games. i mm-hmm. watch, you know, the, the exciting games or games that I have. This season, I've watched pretty much every quarterback that the Bears might draft. Sure. Why why don't people talk about Jaden Daniels? I I don't know if, if uh, Abdali, you seen it all at LSU. no no love for uh, Jaden Daniels I think he's like, just a late bloomer, right? I mean like, but his con- his jump right. looks very much like Joe Burrow's did at LSU.
1: Well, Joe Burrow
3: the all-time
1: all-time example of just the greatest football college football season ever. Yeah. Yeah, I feel
5: like they were running like a very uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like RP, a vi-
1: RPO offense, RPO heavy well, no, offense. no,
5: they were running like a very video game offense to up his stats a lot. Ah, okay. Like I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it, if he will translate like to, to the eight. next level. Like his level. touchdown to interception
3: yeah. ratio is like forty to four. Listen, yeah, Joe Burrow threw sixty. By the
1: way, just just a reminder. And yeah, game. no, no, it's not. It's
3: not <laughs> the same. I'm just saying the jump because like I think the season before he had like sixteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions. Yeah. And this year he's got like thirty nine hundred yards. Look at the games, though. Yeah, wait. like don't just look at the numbers. Right. Yeah, look yeah, at yeah. who he's
5: doing it against. Yeah. Like I think he had eight touchdowns against a directional yes, school.
3: Yes, he did. I
1: I remember. So, like,
5: he. he had like a five hundred yard game. I know that much. Yeah, but not against Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, look at the competition that he's putting up those stats against. Yeah.
1: Speaking and I would say that that's why there's not as much hype around him. Speaking of uh, Alabama, I do want to touch on the college football. Championship weekend coming our way. Of course, we do have the Pac-12 championship game on our air tonight, joined in progress after Black and Abdallah. So uh, make sure you keep it locked to ESPN 1000 all day. I do want to talk a little bit about college football and which teams have a shot at the uh, college football playoff. We'll do that in, let's call it, uh, about 10 minutes from now. But let's keep rolling with the Bears calls. Let's try Martin, who is in the Plains. Marty, what's up?
6: Hey, guys. What's going on, Martin? Uh, What is wrong with building your offensive line and building your weapons? And who cares if it's Justin Fields or if it's some other washout quarterback like Goff or Gina Smith or Purdy? Mm -hmm. So take our pick. If it's a number one pick, trade down again. That was a great move. Let's do that again. And then build the offensive line, build defensive line, weapons, whatever.
3: I I think the, the counter argument that most people have for that is right you're taking money away from building the team if you pay justin fields
1: well or not even that though martin and and it's it's listen i think in a perfect world like this is where i think sometimes reality versus you know uh, like a utopian environment if you're the general manager of how you run your team yeah like okay Yes, if I could build everything up, where it'd be a safer play, I think to try and, and draft a player like a Marvin Harrison Jr. Right, or or a Joe Alt, you know, or or uh, the dominant left tackle in Penn State, who's no one's who no one's name they could say. Right, Olu. there you go, Olu. Olu. Um, That's all I got. You know, whatever you want, like yes, I I think in a if you were building this team with not without having to fear for the the product initially on the field, you might be able to do it that way, and you wouldn't have to necessarily risk. Going forward and selecting the next quarterback who you hope becomes great. The problem is Ryan Poles will be entering his third year as a general manager. Yeah, and at a certain point, you have to also come to grips with reality if you want to keep your job for the long term and not just put all these good p- pieces in place for the next GM right. to reap the benefits of it. Can you really risk if you're Ryan Poles? Not
3: taking Caleb Williams is, or Drake May. Is there another city that will afford you as much time as as Chicago will? Though? I don't know, but he's only in Chicago, Pat. Right. Yeah. You 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 very well very well, well made no, me what, correct. What, I, what I'm saying is right. Like the timeline, right? Like I I don't feel like there's any pressure on him. Like, hey, your job might not be here next year.
1: Now, it may not be next year, but the problem is this draft. If you have the number one overall pick, right? Like, and you're not going to take a quarterback, yeah. You better be damn sure that the product in the field next year is going to be much better than it's been the last two years.
3: I, I agree with that. I just I, I, I think I like how Martin said it right. Build the team because mm-hmm. the teams that we love and that we praise every week. That's how they did it. Right. The Bills. Yes.
1: No, well, the Bills, the Bills. I thought you were gonna say the Eagles are the forty
3: yeah, nine. I mean but but the Bills are a team that did it that way as well. They built up their defense, they fixed the offense, they went out and got offensive linemen for for Josh uh, Josh Allen. They went out and got him a number one wide receiver, all of a sudden that team started winning and being competitive. He didn't look incompetent anymore. They went out and got him the right play caller. My God, that's crazy concept there. Miami Dolphins did the same thing, built that team up very similarly. Uh, you look at the Ravens this season; they're a different Ravens team. Why are they a different Ravens team? They finally decided to invest in things that help quarterbacks on the front side, right? Like, yes, we want this to happen right away; we want it to be a quick turnaround. But even the Eagles, the the Niners, and stuff like that that was years in the that was multiple drafts. That was it took time to and and of course, right again, the right play caller. Uh, when you get those things in place, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's it's a pie in the sky scenario to say. You should build the team up. You should fix these other things around the quarterback position before focusing on the quarterback position. And I think that the history of the Bears would tell you that because we've always focused on the quarterback position. And we never get it right. And we always sit here on the radio or on podcasts, whatever it is, and we go, Mm -hmm. well, he doesn't have a left tackle. Well, he doesn't have a center. Well, he doesn't have a right tackle. How? how can these things be – how can he be successful with that? You keep saying left tackle like
1: like you're, you're completely out on Braxton Jones.
3: No, no, I'm just saying like the – well, the Jay Cutler years were. Yes. He was getting murdered no, on the left fair, side. Fair. I'm just saying quarterback history with the Bears. I'm not out on Braxton. I think that you have to ask the question like we're asking with Justin, with Braxton. Uh, is there an all-pro or is there the next top guy at that position in this draft at the top?
1: Let's try Clay, who is in Glenview. Clay. Clay. What's up, bud?
2: Hey, anyway, thanks for taking my call. Um, I want to I wanna let you know that uh, Joe Burrow's college team wasn't the top team. There was one in 2002, I believe, from Florida. Jared Payton was on it. When that team graduated out, 18 of the players Went in the first round of the NFL draft. Clay, well, I, that was a great team.
1: Clay, I said, that, uh, I, said, I just, Clay, Clay, real quick, just to, I said, Joe Burrow's season was the best ever. I didn't yeah, see yeah, LSU yeah. was the best team yeah, ever.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay, I misunderstood. No worries. Um, anyway, the the thing should start with the coaching, not with the coordinator. I think we need a new head coach. Mm-hmm. I think Paul should go to Warren and say, I'm thinking we need a new head coach. These are my five or six best guys I want to interview, what do you think? And talk it yes. over. Start from the top. Get that. And then the coach and the, um, the general manager, they pick. The other coaches, especially the coach, makes the recommendation.
3: Uh, whoever, and yeah, whoever the you bring coach
2: in, feed into the draft.
3: Yeah, whoever, I, whoever you bring in is going to bring in his coordinators. You don't. Yes. I think that would be the worst case scenario, right? Like we force yes. somebody. That, that's that's just doing what, what we do with the quarterback position listen, with the coaches.
1: The way it works is when you're going through the interview interviewing process. And first of all, I think it's Kevin Warren. Yeah, I think the guy, it's the other way he's around. The more, he's the guy more likely to say to Ryan Pauls "Hey, I think we need a new head coach here." Um, that's based scary. On, but listen, if if, if Ryan Poles is amicable to that yeah. and open to it, then I think it's, you know, like you said, I don't think he's yeah. he's not going to be on the hot seat, I wouldn't think, this year, because it seems like, based on what we've heard, their relationship is very good yeah, th- between yeah. the two. So as long as Ryan Poles isn't going to draw his line in the sand and say it's got to be Matt Iberflus F- going forward, I think he's probably got some time as the Bears GM. But the way it usually works is when Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren and george mccaskey start going through the interviewing process if they do choose to go in that direction and they're interviewing possible candidates to be the next head coach the head coach will say this is who i want and who i think should be on my staff and who i think i can get and that's how that conversation goes it's not ryan poles and kevin warren saying you need to have this offensive coordinator or you need to have this defensive coordinator it's which guys do you like why do you like them what do they bring to the table and how will they help you be a good head coach?
3: Yeah, and clearly Matty Biflu has struggled with that with all the coaching uh, changes that have happened this year. Yes. But uh, I, that, that is the one thing, honestly, that scares me about Harbaugh mm-hmm. because I feel like the Bears would say, we've invested too much in this defense, you can't run a 3-4. That scares me. Like, I would love to have I- Harbaugh's culture in the building, but Harbaugh's been successful bringing in 3-4 guys.
1: I think the bigger issue for Jim Harbaugh being hired as the head coach here yeah. is that Ryan Poles you know, would have to feel comfortable bringing him in. And the moment Ryan Poles does that, if he makes, if he does.
3: That's your big hire. That's your
1: way. It's his, it's his big yeah. hire. But whether you want to believe it or not, you are ceding a large deal of power to Jim Harbaugh 100%. that right now, Ryan Poles currently has hundred percent. Like, because you bring Jim Harbaugh in and it's his show. He's running the show the way he wants it to be run. And I'm not saying they couldn't work great together, Right. But it would ultimately be Jim Harbaugh's show if you bring him in as your head coach, if you're Ryan Poles.
3: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that, but you, and that's what, that's what scares me as well is like, what is Jim, like, are you hard resetting your team two years into a defense that I think is moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. and saying Jim shows up and he's like, well, I can't use him because he's not, he doesn't fit my defense. You have to trade him. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, that's the tough part. It's a fair question. I think Jim Harbaugh just says, look, I win everywhere I go. We're going to win the way I win. And if you want me to be the head coach, it's going to be my way.
3: Yeah. And if, if you know what? If that's the decision you want to make and you're the Bears, you have to be on board with that. No, no matter what polls says, right, like, Jim Harbaugh could come and say, this is my record. This is your record. Yeah, And I, you don't get the QB, yeah. right, sanction of, like, QB. Wins don't go toward the QB. No. Yeah. This is your record. Yes.
1: You chose, there we go. you chose for the full-on rebuild. Rebuild. You live with it, and I'll help you fix it. 312-332-3776. I'm Jeff Meller. He's Pat, the designer. Up yeah. next, I want to pick Black and Abdallah's brain as well on this. The college football playoffs will be set on Sunday. 11 a.m. is the selection show. A lot happening in championship weekend. I want to talk about what are the possibilities for the college football playoffs. We'll do that next on ESPN 1000.
0: You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago.
1: Jeff Miller, Pat the designer, hanging out in for Carmen Yurk today. Carmen will be in with Waddle. Coming up at two o'clock, we'll cross talk with Waddle and Carmen as he sits in for Sylvie. And we're also blessed to be in the presence of Black and Abdallah today, as well. They're hanging out with us. They'll Car, be on muscle, baby. They'll be on from six to eight tonight, as they are every night on ESPN One Thousand. Proceeding the Pac-12 Championship will be, which will be joined in progress when the guys wrap up. And they are the originators of college footballs tailgate or what was it college football's game day i'm sorry guys i forgot chicago's college tailgate chicago i knew it i knew tailgate was in there but i also knew there was some college there was tailgate
5: now driving the tailgate is uh
4: shay norling and tyler rocky it's uh 25th season here on ESPN 1000 now handed off to shay and tyler
1: (laughs) and they are shepherding it in well that's right pat We've been hosting
4: that show for 25 25 years.
5: The first, like, 20 You guys are aging amazingly. (laughs) Yeah, the first 20 were, like, just in our heads. Like, we would just text back and forth. Yeah. Uh, But then the five years were actually on the air.
1: Elite. I love it. I love it. (laughs) um, All right. So they were the originators, of course. You can hear them every night from 6 to 8. And also they have your Bears pregame tailgate starting at 8 o'clock most Sunday mornings before uh, Sylvie, Lance Briggs, and Deion take over at 10 o'clock when, of course, the Bears are playing at noon. Anyway, I digress. All right, so this is where I want to ask you guys because I am a casual college football observer. I've told Pat this. Yeah. Uh, i told several people this in the past. The NFL, I'm all in. Obviously, I do the fantasy show, so I consume basically every National Football League game that happens in somehow, some way. And because of that, I generally you choose to use my Saturdays to do something with the family. I give them that day somehow some way and I will come in and check out the big game when there's a huge game going on during the season I'll try and carve out a little bit of time to see how it ends but I don't usually watch the entire game. However when championship weekend rolls around I will do my best to take in All of those games. And so this is my week to hop on into college football. But I need you guys to kind of sort it out for me and let me know if I have this right. Because from the way I see it, seven teams have a crack at four spots.
4: Well, so he, here's the starting off point. This is what I would say. Going into the weekend, you have four teams who are, who are in the top four at this moment. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Right. If they all win their championship games this weekend, they're all in. Yes, agreed. Uh, so like, where it gets messy is if you jump down to seven where Texas is at. If Texas wins the the Big 12 and someone loses, that would be Washington, Florida State. Well, okay, now you have a debate between Oregon and Texas, right? Because Oregon would be the Pac-12 champ, and then you would have to compare their record with Texas. They would both be one-loss champions of their own conference. That's where it starts to get muddied, right? Like, it seems pretty easy for the Big Ten, the SEC. If you win, you're in. Yes. Georgia-Michigan. Same goes for the ACC. Even though there is reports today that Florida State may play their backup to the backup quarterback in this contest. So their third-string quarterback might be going, and they also might be getting to the college football playoff with their backup to the backup, so I think that's interesting. If I Florida gonna, State.
1: Is, do you guys have any concerns that Florida State will be left out even if they win because they don't have their starting quarterback?
5: Uh, uh, I I don't. Herb yeah. Street was talking about this a lot the last couple like days. It's,
4: Texas is the only answer there, right? Because yeah. if Washington wins, that eliminates Oregon. Correct. So then the answer would be: Would you put in Texas ahead of Florida State? Right. I don't know if you can do that.
5: I don't think. I don't think Florida State's going to win tomorrow. I think Louisville's going to win. So that takes care of that argument altogether. Yeah. Like if I if I had to if I had to guess on Sunday morning when the rankings come out, mm-hmm. we're going to get Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas. That's what I think is going to happen because I don't think Alabama is going to beat Georgia. I think that Georgia's better. It's the best secondary that uh, Jalen Milroe is going to have faced. And when he faces a semi decent secondary, he hasn't been great. The dude airmails, throws left and right, throws into triple cut. It's ridiculous. Like, oh, I can't stand him sometimes. Yeah, probably. Uh, well, he's compared a lot to like Anthony Richardson. And so, like, he's oh, very he can athletic. Hit the ceiling. Yeah, like, I think there's going to be a lot of points in the SEC championship game. Both teams can run the ball very well, they yeah. can't stop the run very well. I I think that Alabama's offensive line isn't where it usually is. And so Alabama's or Georgia's defensive line is going to eat. And they've in he's been to see he holds the ball way too long. Just like the just like Justin Fields. Uh, I think Oregon handles Washington tonight and they get in. And I think that you've got Florida State who loses to Louisville. And then you there has not like the glass ceiling for Alabama has been Texas because they lost to Texas. So every time there's a new rankings come out, they're eight, Texas is seven. So if they both like if Alabama loses, they're out regardless. Even if they win, I still think they have a chance at not making it because Texas is probably going to win over Oklahoma State. And they're going to get in ahead of Alabama. So Look, the
3: nightmare scenario for everyone is basically if Alabama beats well, Georgia, because then it's just that, pure is, chaos. Is that nightmare or is that fun? Here's my question: well, Do, fun
1: for us for sure. Uh, let's let, let's let's say Florida. Let's all go into the assumption that Florida State loses, because that makes things more interesting for the conversation. So, what if Alabama beats Georgia? Can Georgia still make it, or are they out? In your opinion, guys. Well, in my
5: opinion, Georgia hasn't played anybody, but uh, they they've had a very easy schedule this year. Now, like they've dominated the good teams when they play them. Like yeah. they've they played a close game against Auburn. They beat the crap out of Ole Miss. Like they've had. They hammered Kentucky. They hammered to, to answer, Kentucky. To answer
4: uh, your question quickly, Jeff, I would say it's tough to argue this season that two SEC teams should be in because yeah. if yes. Alabama wins, they should be in. I think it's really difficult to make the argument that Georgia should also get in when you have worthy uh, options, right? Washington, Michigan, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, and even Ohio State. Like, isn't Ohio State sitting on the outside looking in, saying, like, how could Georgia get in if we have only one loss, too? I don't know. I I think it's tough this season. Some years it's like, yeah, obviously the SEC is the best. But I think... For the last month and a half, two months of college football, the two best teams in the country come from the Pac 12. Mm-hmm. Oregon and Washington have been the two best teams for quite some time now this season.
3: And that game. Even- Is there a scenario where. If Georgia gets beat by Alabama, no SEC team that, makes that's it. That's where I was going.
5: I don't think so. I don't think you can not no. have an SEC team in I there. I think the
3: winner
4: of
5: the SEC championship gets in. Yeah, no matter what. So
1: they'll either it'll either be Georgia you or Alabama. In it'll in be, be, the, the
5: be, only reason yeah. I would say that they might get left out is if Florida State finds a way to win. Well, that's
3: what I'm saying, right?
5: Like, but it, then again, like this is big if, but, you you can't. And Herb Street's point was this is like, yes, you're trying to put the four best teams in but florida state's not one of the four best teams without their starting quarterback right they're not i don't care if they've gone undefeated they're or not, not. Louisville, like even even if they find a way to beat Louisville, they're not one of the four best teams without their starting quarterback. It's so just, the, would the possible. argument
4: then be uh, if Alabama wins and Texas wins, the argument would be because Texas beat Alabama earlier in the season, yeah. therefore they should get that should spot, get and, yeah. and no one from the SEC should get it. They, I think that's I, I think that's, <laughs> that's that, what well, the well, argument listen, would be.
3: Listen, that's what I'm asking, right? Because this the college, all of this landscape stuff makes my head hurt. Pretty much, right? I watch college football and enjoy it, and then it's like, all right, now this is how people get in. I'm like, all right, my brain's broken now, right? Like, if 17 people lose, somebody wins. But I think that this is the one year where you can actually say there's better football outside of the SEC happening than in the SEC. And so can we make the argument that your four best teams— Two of them might not be in the SEC this year. I think if you look at the way Washington's played the last month, six weeks, like they've
5: been scraping by. Yeah. Like they're putting up a bunch of numbers, but their defense hasn't been as good as they have been. Penix hasn't been as he's been clutch. He's been yeah. He's been very clutch, but he hasn't been as good as the way Oregon has been playing, who's just been decimating opponents, right? So if you look at that, if you look at their last month. Even if they both have one loss and it's the losses to each other, right. you put Oregon in over Washington because they've been playing better football. And it also depends on how the game goes. Right. If they blow out Washington, you put them in. If it's a field goal game, then you have a little bit more room for debate. But I still think that the most likely outcome is the one that people expect, is the one that's just going to be easiest. Everywhere, Georgia, right. Michigan, Oregon, and then
1: probably Texas. I notice in all these crazy scenarios we just laid out, nobody even entertained the notion of Iowa beating Michigan. No god no. You gotta score points to upside. Yeah, the they, team, they'll so. be lucky to get this uh, three. Ten?
5: No. I mean listen, at the end of the game, the thing is that Michigan's not gonna need style points.
1: They're in. How yeah. how low would I have to put the Iowa individual number for you to bet the over? Six?
5: Did you see what their half their halftime?
1: Numbers I, no, I have not looked. Their team total for the first half of the game is half a point. Uh, I mean, I buy it. That's why I'm asking. How low do I have to put that number, Abdallah, for you to bet the over on Iowa points?
5: I, zero. Zero. Because I think See? they could get a field goal at the end, towards the end, maybe a pick six or yeah, something. three and a half. Yeah, yeah, like three and, three and a half, yeah, half. Three and a half. And I could probably bet the well, over. Well, no, no, two and a half, right, Chris? Half, yeah. So two
1: and a half, and then you'll bet the over. I'll bet the, I think they can get three. Huh? I think they can get three points. He's not putting three past the Hawkeyes. I love it. That is uh, Black and Abdallah, the OGs of ESPN Chicago's college football game day? Nope. Tailgate? Tailgate. Yeah, Thank you.
5: 25 years. Chicago's college tailgate tomorrow at uh, 9 a.m. For 40 With, uh, years. on uh, years 1000. you guys have been around. 40 been years. The, helmet, the, the listen, helmet longer than listen, Corso has.
1: Listen. For 40 years. You hey. guys will always be the original hosts of Chicago's baseball tonight to me. Sorry. All right? <laughs> the baseball a lot, show? We all wear a lot of hats around here, <laughs> so sometimes I forget what's... Called what here? 312 332 3776. Up next, Mike North has your bonus play, and Pat and I. I want to ask Pat a little bit about hard knocks. Has he consumed any of it? He'll share that with us coming up next.
0: You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow Follow the the show on Twitter. At Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.
1: Jeff Meller, Pat, the designer, in for Carm and Yerk. Never fear, Carm heads. He's coming your way in 10 minutes. We're going to crosstalk with Carm. He's in for Sylvie today. It'll be Waddle and Carmen from 2 to 6. This is, of course, the Carmen and Yurko show, which means on Friday at 150, we're not going to change. We're going to give you what you always want. It is the Mike North bonus play. The odds couple podcast is already up and available for your listening ears on the espn chicago app but as we do every friday on carmen yorko at 150 mike hops on on the CarX x Tyre and auto hotline to give us a bonus play northy what's going on man oh what's up jeff what's up pat good to
6: talk to you guys are you feeling our it? pleasure i'm feeling good man i woke up this morning i said you know what we're gonna have some fun we're gonna have a good winning weekend uh you know what i said I'm going to talk to Pat. I'm going to talk to Jeff. I'm going to give them a winner. Yes. yes. And I said, "Oh, got Look, we got to have winners. So here's the one I got. You know, uh, San Francisco against Philadelphia. Everybody looking at Purdy. And you know, I heard somebody say today, you know, why is he fifth in the uh, MVP voting?" And I, I'm figuring, you know, there's a, some cord, good quarterbacks in front of them. But if Aaron Rodgers played for the Forty ers and had these stats, mm-hmm. he'd be an MVP. He'd be number one right now. And I thought so, that was a Mike, good
1: point. Some people think it's because he has his hat backwards.
3: His hat's backwards. Yeah, I'm not a franchise <laughs> quarterback right now, maybe. but yeah. don't let us interrupt.
6: Yeah, yeah. They, they think he's lucky. I mean, you know, you look at the stats. He's like one, one, two, one, one. My point is, sure, San Francisco. Should be favored in this game. But, uh, this is Philadelphia's Super Bowl, really. When you stop and think about it, this is a game that could really, uh, define, uh, their future. Everybody, nobody wants to be like a one hit wonder, and the one hit wonder didn't even win the Super Bowl. Their plans are to go back. I think that they're being overlooked. I think people are thinking they're injured, and they are injured right now, uh, but they are playing at home. That's a heck of an advantage. Mm-hmm. Purdy is, has had some, uh, a couple bad games this year, but he's been on fire. Uh, McCaffrey's the guy they got a key on. If they let him just run wild and don't hold him unaccountable like a lot of teams have, uh, then they're going to lose. But uh, I charted this game. It's Philadelphia at home, plus three. I I don't know how many people are picking them. I may might, might uh, have to run out of phone booths. I think I'm going to be alone in this one. Seems to be a fan complete theta completes usually lose. Philadelphia plus three guys is the bonus pick.
1: Love it, Mike. Not too often you are going to find yourself getting three points for a home team right. that is ten and one, yeah. and the right. uh, and ha- having coming off a Super Bowl appearance. So I like that play there. The bonus play from Mike North. Northy, hey, thanks a bunch, man. We'll check out Odds Couple. Appreciate you, Northy. Hey. Pleasure Here. be with you, guys. Take care, man. Mike North, the legend. You can get uh, his more of his takes on the Odds Couple, where Carmen hosts with him on the ESPN Chicago app. The podcast is ready and waiting for you right now. All right, Pat, I want to ask you, have you consumed any of the in-season hard knocks so far? There, and They just completed episode two this past Tuesday that e- aired on HBO with the Miami
3: Dolphins, this year's in-season team. I, uh, I have consumed pieces and bits of it. The reason I say pieces and bits is because uh, I've pretty much only seen it on TikTok and Instagram. I have not sat down and watched the episode, but I have seen a bunch of different moments from it that have... It seems like it's pretty interesting. It seems like it's a good show and you're getting a little behind the scenes. I'm not a huge must-watch Hard Knocks guy. Yeah. I will admit that I
1: stumbled into – I didn't even know it was starting. And last – whatever, not last Tuesday, but the previous Tuesday when – they aired the first episode. I kind of happened to be on HBO yeah. and I just stumbled onto it. It started airing out, which is rare, right? Like right. usually you seek out what you're watching these days, but for whatever reason, I think I was watching a movie the night before it was like eight o'clock. I flip on the TV and hard knocks is starting. And so I was like, ah, what the heck, I'll, I'll see what how what this is. Dolphins, you know, I watched the first episode, really liked it. Yeah. They usually do a good job, and it helps that the Dolphins are so good this year. 100%. Mike McDaniel is a very charismatic head coach. He's somebody who, like, he's very interesting, right? Yeah. He's not the norm that you expect watching hard knocks as a head coach. Dan Campbell is what you expect when you're thinking, okay, football coach on hard knocks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike McDaniel is definitely different, but very cool. I like watching it. And this past Tuesday was the week leading up to and then including the Dolphins' Black Friday game against the New York Jets. And what was really interesting was that Jalen Phillips, who was a first-round yeah. pick for the Dolphins and has had, had his best season yeah. all year long, was the primary focus. And because if you watch that game, you know that Jalen Phillips – Ended up tearing his Achilles in that game, and he's been somebody who's been riddled with injuries throughout his college career. He actually stopped playing football before he was drafted for a couple of years because his body was so beaten up with injuries. And so I have to say, it was truly compelling. Like, whenever you see a guy go down watching a game... You usually, like if you're a human, you feel terrible for him, right? Because you yeah. know if it's a serious injury, you're like, ah, oh, this sucks, man. That's This is the part about football that just, you know, it's, it sticks a dagger into you because you feel bad for these guys who, you know, devote their entire life to playing and then you know they're going to have to go through this grueling rehab. Well, let me tell you, Pat, you want to up it by like 10x. Yeah, Watch this last episode of Hard Knocks because they go through the entire 40, 45 minutes, a lot of Jalen Phillips talking about how, you know, Everyone's telling him how good a year he's having. That's the clip I he, saw, yeah. Dude, he's working with Bradley Chubb. Yeah. The entire team is kind of like rallying around him. You feel so good about it, but if you watch, you knew what was coming. Yeah. And then to see him on the turf break down and cry, man,
3: like, it just, ah, oh, it was gut-wrenching I to watch. think to your point, too, with McDaniels, right? Like, I, I don't know. The 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 mindset I have of coaches is usually what the, the, the players that we know have tell you, right? So it's a lot of, like, I guess maybe a, a different mindset because it's an older mindset, but it was very much like, you're down, all right, can you play? No, all right, we're going to keep going, move the chains. To see Mike McDaniels kind of, like, get down and be like, hey, you're all right, come on now, we're not, you know, I'm here with oh, yeah. you, I we're going to go through this together. No? Yeah. Like, it felt like, to me, I was like, there's a different kind of head coach coming in the NFL. Oh, God, yeah. Where it's, like you said earlier, right, it's the Madden guys yes. that, like, Came up and they played Madden and they're going through and they're younger and and they feel a little bit maybe more emotionally attached to the players. I felt it like you saw him. He was like, I was hooping, too, bro. Yeah. Like when yes. he said that, yes. I was just like, hey, Dude. yo, I'm down. Somebody give me a tissue, dog. Like, And I was just I just saw it on the TikTok clip. They know how to put it out. They know how people are yeah. uh, uh, consuming a ton of content there. And uh, the, the great thing about the algorithm is that once you see one, now they all come Oh, of course. yeah,
1: Of course. You're not going to get away from it. It's, uh, I would tell po- folks out there, if you were on the fence about it, I'm not a huge Hard Knocks guy, but no. this particular two episodes with the Dolphins that they've already aired have been excellent. And uh, I, I highly recommend them if you are on the fence about it. Mike McDaniel, extremely likable, a very players-friendly coach. So, And I kept thinking, too, as I was watching it, boy, I can see why the Bears want no interest in this. Because... Based on what I've seen from Matt Eberflus on the
3: podium. Can you imagine no. with what we saw this season? No. They want Multiple no Multiple coaches in season fired? Come on, dude. The juiciest of oh juicy my god. knocks god, It ever. would have been a great hard knocks. though. We'd have had some stuff Somebody to has
1: about. to make that. All right. Uh, Carmen is waiting in the wings. He's going to join us. Again, the Carmheads, you'll get your fix coming up from 2 to 6 with Waddle. But before we bring the boys in for some crosstalk, we have the final word. Apparently, I have it today, Pat.
6: Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big
0: shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth.
1: Today's
6: final word.
0: To last
4: word
1: on Carmen and Yurko. Carm will be with Waddle later from 2 to 6, so we'll crosstalk with him. For all the Carm heads out there who, are, uh, who need their fix, of the carm uh heads? the carmen that what we call them well it looks there's the conheads. there's the carmen all right I just, listen we're doing carmen and yurko so we have to uh make Big sure that the folks get there listen there's plenty of Carmheads out there there's no doubt about it right i just don't know if they listen but there's plenty of people who i think uh, i think it's you? <laughs> <laughs>